Welcome to Calvin's Corner. My name's Phil Nason. He's Pastor Michael Noonan. And get ready for a Christian show unlike any other Christian show you've ever heard. Michael, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to stay warm. All right. It's nice here. It's like 57 degrees. I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, but I'm indoors because I never go outside anymore. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I have to occasionally, and, and I don't like cold weather at all. Oh, but, I don't either. And it's cold in the east sometimes, but it, it's getting better. It really is. Uh, so what's been happening with you? I, there's no news to talk about in, in the evangelical Christian world. Except. Except. Yeah, Billy Graham passed. And, you know, I, I don't even want to bring this up. I'm hesitant to because it seems like. Now, this I've got three different sources, um, a Christian guy and another Christian guy and some woman from Teen Vogue named Lauren Duca, and none of those people had very kind things to say about Billy Graham. Now, the Christian guys, well, I don't know. I The other one, I'm not sure exactly what her beef is with Billy Graham, and I'm not really sure what most people's beef is with Billy Graham. All I know is that he passed away at the age of 99, which at least two of the three of these people probably will never see that because they're too busy stalking the children of the people they're trying to correct. Yeah. What what is the deal with this, man? This is ridiculous. Well, I'm going to explain this. Okay, I want you to explain this to me because I've been waiting for this. Billy Graham was a real-life historical figure who we can uh, see what he did, how he did it, things he said, things he did. Uh, And he had an incredible amount of accomplishments in his 99 years. Now, the reality uh, of the situation is, is that Billy Graham's been pretty irrelevant for at least 10 years. At least. Okay, but what happened to Billy Graham is that he went from being a real-life historical figure to being a symbol. (laughs) Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And the symbol and the reality don't always match up. Uh, Let me give you an example or two of this. Perfect. Abraham Lincoln is considered to be the guy that freed the slaves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Lincoln is raised up as this uh, great figure uh, in racial history. Well, the reality was is that if Lincoln could have saved the Union without freeing the slaves, he'd have been more than happy to do it. Of course. And even though he did things that resulted in the freeing of the slaves. His thought was, is after they're free, let's all, let's put them all on boats and send them back where they came from. Right. Hardly a progressive (laughs) uh, viewpoint, but he was a man of his times. Right. So you have the reality of who Lincoln was and what he did. And then you have the symbol of Lincoln, which is different. Uh, with Martin Luther King Jr. There's a lot of really unpleasant things that can be said about 
uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s personal life. Mm-hmm. And maybe even his politics and theology. Perhaps he all was of those. Very much a liberal theologian. Very much. That's a, something I, I want to. Can we stop right there for a second? Sure. This isn't an attack on Martin Luther King Jr. because people are going to say that, but the reality is, is it's true. You know, if yeah. you go back and look at these guys, look. Let's say Dietrich Bonhoeffer, for example. Now, right. I did a I did a paper on him way back in the day. And his theological influences and his writings never one time led me to believe that he was anything remotely close to a evangelical Christian. I would say more of a liberal Christian, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. So Bonho- the- Bonhoeffer was brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, but yes, he was a liberal theologian. He sure and was. And that's why, it's, you know, just as a side note, you know, Eric McTaxx's book on him that tries to turn him into a uh, reformed a evangelical yeah, American yeah, 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 yeah. evangelical it's just good luck with to... that you know that was really funny that you bring that up I just took us a sideways so keep track of where you were <laughs> but uh, it's, I've always I've always wanted to talk about this you know I did that paper back in the 80s and when that book came out I couldn't believe what I read it was a thousand pages of gibberish Nothing like what really he believed or any of those things. He was a student of Karl Barth. Now, a lot of people think that Karl Barth might not have believed in the same God that I would say a conservative Christian would believe. Now, there's another misconception. Okay. Um, Karl Barth was responsible more than anybody else. uh, Period. (laughs) In um, taking down... German liberal high criticism. Karl Barth was a champion of uh, a much more conservative theology than what was uh, being deconstructed uh, in Germany at the time. Okay, see, I, I always thought he was more on the liberal side, though. Karl Barth was... Why did I think that? Why do I think that? Why do people think that then? Because we have, again, the same thing we've got going on with Billy Graham. We have the reality of what these people did and their work that can be read, can be viewed, can be documented, versus what they have come to symbolize. All right. Okay? Now, the problem with Karl Barth is that nobody can understand him. Well, (laughs) there you go. Maybe that's what it is. I I have some friends that do understand him, and God bless them. They are geniuses. Uh, Me? Uh, No, no. Okay, uh, I, 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 I don't. I fall in that same category, so don't worry about a partner. We're two peas in a pod here. But again, you have reality versus the symbol. And that's not to denigrate Lincoln, King, Bonhoeffer, or Bart. Right. These men were giants. Okay? Mm-hmm. But they, they were a mix mixture of things that you may or may not agree with because they were men. Right. Real live men. But they've come to symbolize other things. Billy Graham became a symbol of an era that's long gone. Billy Graham was the living symbol of American evangelicalism as it was during the time when he was actually productive. Right. So you're looking at the 40s, 50s, 60s, 
70s, a little bit into the 80s, okay? And then things started to change. But he's a symbol of that form of religion and that era in our country's history. That, that symbol may not match what the man actually did. Was right. he heavily involved with, with political figures? Yes. Yes. He liked being friends with presidents. Mm-hmm. And one of those presidents didn't have very much uh, nice to say about him. That was Harry Truman. Go look that up. But those people, we've got two camps that are saying all this stuff about Billy Graham. One group are the people that hate evangelicalism of any stripe. Right. They don't like uh, the moral teachings, they don't like the, uh, the political involvement, they don't really like Christianity. And as Billy Graham came to represent Christianity to them, they didn't like him. And so you've got people like this woman at some weird teen magazine uh, talking about the fact that she's happy he's dead and he's in hell. So those people are, um, there's a word for it, but we won't use it. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Here's the thing. I just looked this up. Harry Truman. <laughs> yes, you were you're correct. In July 1950, 31-year-old Billy Graham and three associates met with President Harry Truman. Unschooled in presidential protocol, they offended Truman by spilling the contents of their conversation to the waiting press. They then agreed to a much photographed prayer session on the White House lawn as Graham's fame spread. And Democratic leaders noted his influence. Truman persistently refused further contact. He referred to Graham as one of those counterfeits. He claims he's a friend of all presidents, but he was never a friend of mine when I was president. Only much later did the two men find a modicum of reconciliation. You see, he was a young guy. He made a mistake, and Harry Truman didn't love forget it. Yeah, well, which very Truman-esque. Very Truman-esque. But you see, he wasn't a friend to all presidents, maybe at the end of Truman's life, perhaps. But the point is, is that you have to kind of dig a little deeper, like I'm going to do some more of Bart here in the next couple of days. But one thing I found out is that I guess everyone has their own online version of the Lamb's Book of Life. That's my line from years ago, remember? Yes. People don't even laugh about it anymore because I say it all the time. It used to be funny. But the more and more I look at it, the more and more I believe it to be true. Right. And you've got these guys I refer to as twidiots, for example. And this is one of the statements that was out there. I'm not even going to name the name. I got into it with him the other day myself. A man doesn't become America's pastor unless he's willing to compromise the gospel to be one. Hmm. So that's the second group you've got. Yep. You've got you've got the second group that um, despise Billy Graham because he was quote unquote ecumenical. Oh right, yeah, that's that's a big charge, by the way. And is it a fair means, one though? What that means is is he didn't hate the people they hate. Right. 
<laughs> uh, Graham, Graham had friendly relations with Roman Catholics, Eastern Orthodox, um, basically had friendly relationships with the body of Christ, which, from my perspective, highly commendable, highly commendable. However, if um, you are one of those people who believe that your sect and your sect alone is the one true church, uh, that's not going to work out for you. No. You're, you're going to attack them. With vigor. With vigor. And so you've got these two, two different people out there talking about Billy Graham. One group that just hates Christianity, and because Billy Graham represented Christianity in America for, uh, what, 60, 70 years? Yeah, a long time. Um, they hate him. Then you have the second group that hate him because he doesn't hate the people that they hated. Billy Graham didn't talk about hating people. No, he didn't, did he? Uh, that makes him a compromiser in their eyes. Right. Yeah, if you don't they hate even who have, I hate... They even yeah. have blanket um, scripture verses here, but um, at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense what they say and do because it doesn't make sense. It, they they do that, and then they give you, they lead you to these hour-long rants on YouTube as their response. I'm only going to take a couple minutes here, and then an hour and ten minutes later, and you still didn't get their real case. Right. So this is the other phenomenon that happens when somebody of Graham's stature dies. Uh, people like this one outfit that's, you know, spent a lot of, spilled a lot of ink and a lot of air um, trashing him. Uh, if I'm trashing Billy Graham, in, in a way what I'm doing is I'm putting myself on the level of Graham. I, I am raising up my profile by attacking somebody of a higher profile. Of course. It's always the way that works. Okay. And, and, and so you know, whenever somebody of this stature passes, they have to, they, they, they go after them. Now, the second group are the ones who want to raise their stature by positive things said about Graham. <laughs> because, you know, I, I mean, I have seen so much of this. Here's a picture with me and Billy, you know, back in 1962. Right, or, right, right, right. Or, or here's a picture of me and Billy, you know, here, I got into his house. You know, we hung I, out together at shop uh, pool. Oh my gosh. But no women were allowed because they wouldn't want to be alone with one unless it was Ruth. Certainly not. And they kept the door open. Well, but, of course they did. Yeah. You know, but you have both of these things going on, which, so this whole thing put together, the people that are hating Graham, the people that are loving Graham, the people that are writing horrible things about him, the people that are writing nice things about him, all point you to one thing. This was an incredibly important person right. in the history of our country. Of course, sure. And in the history of the church in this country. Mm -hmm. Do I agree with everything that Billy Graham did or everything that Billy Graham said? Uh, no. Unfortunately for me, as usual, God did not ask me my opinion. I do not know why he continues to make this oversight, but he didn't <laughs> ask. No, he doesn't, does he? But the title's catchy. 
Billy Graham led millions astray with false hope and altar calls. Oh, doesn't that get your blood running? You know what, though? Uh, the thing is, oh, is he, he calls it decisional regeneration. But right. now, and, and that's we've talked about this before, but let me ask, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I'm the devil too now, apparently. And that's okay. I don't mind. I love to get them on this show, though. No, not really. They would taint the place. Uh, no. No, and I'm not doing their blog talk chat rooms either. If they call that radio, then they're delusional even further than I thought. But the bottom line is this. Decisional regeneration. Now, well, how do they really know that I wasn't regenerated before I stood up and went forward? Here's how I look at this in my old age. Right. Because there was a time when I would have written something similar on the topic of decisional regeneration. I believe I have. In fact. Okay. I probably have two. <laughs> probably more than once. Maybe. Yeah. We talked about it on this show, I remember. But I don't remember what we said exactly. Here's the problem. It's none of my business how God brings his own home. It's just none of my business. Right. I don't get to pick and choose how these things happen. Okay, I don't, I am not a big fan of crusade evangelism at all. Nope, me neither. Once again, God has not consulted me on this issue. No, sorry Because about there, that. there are people who can trace their spiritual regeneration to the day when they walk down the aisle at a Billy Graham crusade, at a Louis Palau crusade, a Greg Laurie crusade, yeah, Greg whatever. Laurie, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, um, And the fruit has lasted. That's just it. You see, we're supposed to inspect the fruit, not how it got on the vine. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> it's we, like we have this compulsion to pick each other apart in ways that must make God blush. I would think okay? so. Crusade evangelism you're dealing with about, you know, what, 2% of the people respond whatever. Yeah. But you know what? They responded. Right? It's not my money. It's not my time. It's not my business. Okay, the theological implications, you know, you, you can talk about them all day long, but your theological discussion ends when someone says, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade. I right. heard the gospel, I responded, and I, I, I will have eternal life because of it. Okay. <laughs> Theological discussion over with. Yeah, now let's see. The, we'll, now we look at the results. I know people, and I'm going to get a hate mail for this, but I don't care, who read uh, Purpose Driven Life, who are now well-known Reformed people, in fact, <laughs> and they credit that book for getting them involved in the first place. Now, Rick Warren is the boogeyman, too. Now that, now that uh, Billy Graham is no longer on this earth, Rick Warren's yeah, probably boogeyman number one now. Rick Warren, when he passes away, I, I hope I go first so I don't oh, have to Oh, yeah. We could but, do the show. We, we could just do the show now for him and just save everyone the trouble. He's going to get the same things, but from more people. Yes. And, and, and the thing of it is, what we need to deal with with Graham is, to me, at this juncture, many years after he was actually relevant, <laughs> what did he represent? 
Well, yeah. he represented someone who was interested in bringing the gospel to people that they might be converted by it. Wow, that's a... You know something, man, how dare he? That was what he was all about. Okay, you might not have liked how he did it or, or who he did it with. Right. But for crying in the night, that's who he was. Yeah, uh, did, well, these did guys... He, did he do it with um, integrity? Um, yes, I believe yeah. he did. <laughs> I, I don't see, uh, I, when I Google his name, I don't see him being accused of stalking teenage girls on Twitter. Yeah. Um, or chasing teenage boys to the point where they're, well, never mind. Anyway, yeah. you don't see any of those things. Darn it. You know, and his wife, Ruth was an absolute paragon of almost everything decent. Uh, I I always had a ton of respect for her. Yeah, darn so, her too. So let's take what he symbolized. Let's celebrate it because that era is over. Over. Um, that that time in our history is over. Mm -hmm. uh, those people that that are hoping to be. You know, the next Billy Graham. Come on, please. <laughs> it's a different time. It's a different era. It's a whole different way of doing things. There will not be another Billy Graham. Right. We are too divided, too sectarian, too everything. And and frankly, Billy Graham had a, a weight, a gravitas, uh, a presence. Um, that even though I'm, <laughs> I, I, I was not ever really impressed by him. Didn't watch the crusades. Didn't, right. I was like, eh, uh, this man was a powerful presence and I don't see anybody. And I mean, anybody with that kind of presence and weight and strength anywhere in American evangelicalism. Exactly. You know, he had those, he had that incredibly large gatherings where they were televised on national TV. Most of his critics are using their iPhone and don't know how to edit it right. I mean... I, I used, I remember when I was a kid, uh, the Crusades would always start at like 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, I was looking for that word crusade. Well done. I couldn't remember. And, and they were on they were on TV. Big they TV. Were on, they were on your local station. Forget about which, the Knicks. It was Billy Graham on Friday yeah. night sometimes too. Yeah, and we only had two stations, so You were stuck. You were yeah, we were stuck. Now I do remember that sometimes he would have uh performers on there. George Beverly Shea being one of them. Well, I, w I was never tuning in to see George Beverly Shea. Johnny okay. Cash. Johnny Cash was on there, I yeah. I was into. That was his greatest compromise, of course, because Johnny Cash, wow, he was not, he couldn't have been a Christian with all those with all his problems yeah. in his past, right? Yeah. He couldn't have been. But he got saved at a Billy Graham crusade too, right? No. How Cash, did Johnny... Cash grew up in the South, uh, in the Bible Belt. Oh, right. In, in Arkansas. I and, need more history of my cash stuff. 
that was, you know, I mean, cash, cash came from the same uh, fertile ground that produced Jerry Lee Lewis. Elvis, I'm annoying you now. I see. I, people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Christian faith was part of part of the air that you breathe. But he backslid, according to them, because he went to prison, right? Johnny Cash was actually in prison, never, except to perform. He was in jail for a night in, I believe, it's El Paso, Texas, or somewhere down on the border. See, see, this is uh, what we need to do. More of this, we got to get rid of all these. Uh, I'm busting everybody's illusions today. This is a good thing. I, I'm feeding you. I'm throwing you more alley oops than uh, than whoever <laughs> to whoever. But again, the, the thing that we need to do is celebrate. The fact that this man represented a lot of good things. We celebrate King. We celebrate Lincoln. We celebrate Bonhoeffer. Do I think Billy Graham was in that historical class? No, but some people do. Mm -hmm. And the things that he represented to us, a passion to share Christ, a real morality, and a real strength of character are things to be celebrated. They're things to be emulated. They're things to wish that were still the case in this incredibly um, divided, politicized uh, Christianity that we have today. And uh, so I, I say a pox on all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, including his son. You know, don't don't ever forget this: is that to visit the grave of uh, Ruth and Billy, you are going to have to walk past a talking cow to do so. <laughs> yeah, they're born in the bush out there. Well, they the Billy Graham Library. That's not where Billy Graham wanted to be buried. His wife really didn't want to be buried on the grounds of this library. They want to be buried in North Carolina by their home. Right. And, and Franklin said, no, we, we, we've got some, we've got some money to make here. Well, we're, we're see, that's the, the other thing is that people are really hating on Billy Graham because of the way his children were raised. He could never be a pastor. Well, he wasn't a pastor. So he wasn't a pastor. He was an evangelist. Yeah. There's and a I'll, difference, you know, and I'll tell you something. There's a huge difference. A huge one. And what happens in the last 20 years, and I've seen it with my own eyes in local bodies, is we have evangelists trying to be pastors and pastors trying to be evangelists, and they're not working according to the gifts they've been given. That's a whole different topic. And for another day. For another day. But I celebrate the life of Billy Graham. As do I. And I I'm, doesn't doesn't mean I agree with or uh, endorse everything he did or said, but I I will celebrate the life of a man who followed God to the best of his ability, and opened the door to heaven for many 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 people. Oh yeah, that's well put. You know what? I feel like Chris Paul to DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Alley-oop, alley-oop, and I need to catch up on my history a little better. Or maybe I already knew, and I was having some fun. For Pastor, Mike, for Pastor Michael Noonan, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to Calvin's Corner. <laughs>